Appreciate it, Linnell. What's up? What's happening? Greg Hoffman with you for overtime here on 1067 The Fan. Stack show for you tonight, guest wise, 7 o'clock, Sam Fortier of the Washington Post talking this Washington football team. That's where we'll spend a lot of our time and energy. 7.30, we will talk about the Wizards. Hey, a team that's good, are they? Are they off to a hot start that's going to peter off? We'll ask Chase Hughes. His job is to watch them. Uh, of course, Chase of NBC Sports Washington at 7.30. And then I always think it's really valuable when we're taking big picture looks at local stories to have national voices come on because sometimes we get really caught in our own bubbles and you need that perspective of someone who's watching not just your team with passion or uh intensity but someone who's kind of looking at them as one of 32. and so at eight o'clock my good friend damon amendolara uh, who does mornings on cbs sports radio nationally uh contributed to the nfl network over the years and and just a really smart guy uh, also wildly entertaining there when da and i get together on the radio when we get together in general but uh you know what what happens off the radio no nobody nobody cares uh, when we get together on the radio things tend to go sideways. Uh, so there'll probably be some pretty entertaining moments. But also, I really value his insight on this Washington football team right now because partially because we're at the bye, partially because even if there was a game this week, it would feel like it was a turning point in the season or perhaps we have turned past the turning point and turned in the wrong direction. Uh, I, I want to have him on as, uh, as, as a kind of a gut check of are things as bad as we seem to think they are here in D.C. And what I find a little bit fascinating right now is that there are very few, at least within media circles, uh, within a fan base, there's just too many people to not have differing opinions. But I would say an overwhelmingly large majority of the fan base and a almost unanimous majority, uh, I've, that's redundant, but almost unanimous uh, group amongst media seem to be on the same page with this Washington football team. And that is through half of the season in year two of Ron Rivera, we're going the wrong way. And while it's a different wrong way than what it was under the previous administration, specifically in regards to the Bruce Allen type of shenanigans, which obviously I'm just talking the stuff that was known at the time publicly, not the stuff that has come out with his emails and, and all the stuff that we are still going to find out. And and let's be honest too, like the, the stain of that and the cloud hanging overhead also has something to do with how we all feel about this club right now. But even if you just look at the football operation and what Bruce was as a general manager slash team president in regards to the talent office uh, or the, the general manager, you know, vacancy that was beneath him. And you look at what Martin Mayhew and that crew, uh, Marty Herney, and of course, because he is the guy in charge, Ron Rivera are, are doing right now with this roster purely from a football standpoint, like I got questions. I don't think that they've done a good job. And that's not to say that they had awesome football players here before and they ran a bunch of good players out of town. But there's certainly a couple that you're like, I don't know. And and some of it is, you know, on the field performance. 
for everyone that got super mad at me about going that saying cutting Dustin Hopkins was for Chris Blewett was a mistake. It wasn't that cutting Hopkins was indefensible. It's that signing Chris Blewett was indefensible. He's kicked three balls that have been blocked in two weeks. The best athletes in the world are trying to block every single kick in the NFL. And just because it doesn't happen very often doesn't mean that it's it's something you don't have to consider. That's like the baseline. Do you kick a ball that gets over eight feet by the time it gets to the line of scrimmage? Over, really, I guess, probably closer to 10. Those are big dudes that are very tall and jump very high very quickly. And I know that, you know, you can say, and this is part of the injuries, right? When you have a bunch of offensive line injuries, your special team suffers. So is the protection the best it could possibly be? No, but when you kick it straight into a dude's face mask and almost hit him in the throat, that's on the kicker. And the staff that brought him here that thought they were smarter than everybody else. This dude hadn't kicked in the NFL ever. And it wasn't like he was just waiting after you know graduating college last year. He graduated in 2016. And so if you're going to cut a guy that's been very productive, above league average, for a guy that's never been able to make a roster, you better be right. But chances are, you're probably not going to be. For whatever it's worth, Joey Sly got cut today, uh, who replaced Graham Gano down in Carolina a couple years ago when Ron was still there. So be on the lookout. Although Ron did tell the junkies this morning that they're not going to bring in kicker competition because apparently doubling down is a better choice. More importantly, though, than the kicker is the quarterback. And this is a tough spot. They brought in Fitzpatrick, a move that I 100% agreed with. Uh, I thought he was the best option, considering where they were in the draft, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, The money they spent, they were good enough, we thought, defensively to compete this year, or at least should have been, based off what they had last year and what they had coming back. And he was going to give them a chance. And lo and behold, he gets hurt in the first quarter. And they have made the decision to stick with Taylor Heineke as the backup, in part because Kyle Allen didn't give them a lot of choice because he was hurt a lot of the preseason and in most of training camp. And so him not being able to compete with Heineke left it pretty clear. And by the way, Heineke earned that. Heineke played well enough and he certainly played well in the two games at the end of last year. But we have more data now. And I've got real questions. And they've only gotten louder and more, more pointed as we've gone on. And so this morning on the Junkies, Ron Rivera was asked about Taylor Heineke. You'll hear what he had to say next. And then we'll be joined by Sam Fortier at the top of the hour. Craig Hoffman with you on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Craig Hoffman with you tonight for overtime, going all the way till nine o'clock, and we'll be joined at the top of the hour by Sam Fortier of the Washington Post, talking, of course, Washington football. Uh, this morning on that same BetQL guest line, where Sam will appear in just a little bit, as will Chase Hughes and Damon Mendelar before the end of the show, uh, was Ron Rivera on the Sports Junkies, and They asked him about the thing that I have the biggest concern about for this football team is the fact that the quarterback, Taylor Heineke, as you know, 
don't know why I said it like that. Like, like anybody listening to this radio show right now doesn't know exactly who the quarterback is or who Taylor Heineke is. Why Taylor Heineke is not leading a successful red zone attack and is often the cause for that red zone attack to go downhill. Here's what Ron told the junkies this morning. Well, the concerning part is really the, the red zone. Uh, the scoring, you know, earlier in the season, we were pretty good in the red zone. And the last few games, we just haven't put the ball in the end zone. Uh, there's some missed opportunities that, that we've had. And uh, we've got we've to take advantage of those opportunities when you get there. Oh, the inside of a head coach who's just trying to get to the bye week. Um, it, the, the problem is it's not just the red zone. Where Heineke has missed, he has had incredibly poor situational awareness, where he has, I mean, the, the list of mistakes is kind of endless. Like the style points to him for variety. I don't mean to sound harsh and like be a jerk about it, but... Taylor Heineke has thrown balls. That the last pass of the game on Sunday, technically not in the red zone, but he throws it out of the back of the end zone, doesn't give his guys a chance. Uh, in other situations, and that was on a fourth down to end the game. On other situations where it's like first or second down, and all he's got to do is put a ball in a place where either his guy can get it or no one can get it, he's put it exactly where the defender is. He has dove short of the goal line and then fumbled at the goal line and stopped short on a fourth and goal on the very next play. So whole lot of errors in a situation that's not where you're trying to make catastrophic errors because in all but the final fourth down of the game scenario, you get a field goal attempt out of it if you just don't turn it over. Then there's fourth down, where they've been miserable. Credit to Ron for continuing to go for it. I actually credit the coaching staff there. Keep on going for it, because the odds say you're about to go on a hot streak where you hit about 10 in a row, because I think they're 0 for their last four, and they're all fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three. Like In that situation, fourth and three or less, I think they've missed four in a row. And it's been the same shotgun run for some of them. And then all of a sudden, it's like fourth and three. Let's roll Heineke out. And he throws a two-yard pass to Ricky Seals-Jones. And it's it's a bad ball. And it's a bad decision. Because even if he catches it, there's no chance he gets the first down. The situational awareness stuff with Heineke drives me bonkers. And it's got to drive his coaches bonkers. But apparently, not enough to go to a guy who, while he has other flaws and is not as dynamic play-in, play-out as Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen's got better situational awareness. Here's what Ron Rivera said when he was asked this morning, point blank by the junkies, whether or not he's considering switching to Kyle Allen. Well, just because we're trying to really find out about Taylor, too. Uh, Again, you know, there are some things that he does very, very well. I mean, we move the ball extremely well between the 20s. And and, and remember, you know, and and, and fortunately enough, you kind of help set the table. He doesn't have all the weapons that we're hoping to have out there available. And so as we get these guys back, as we get Logan back on the field and we get Curtis on the field and we get Diami on the field and we get, you know, our, our, our right guard and right tackle, you know, we get Cosme and Scherf out there. And, and, and hopefully that happens this, this next week and we're able to progress and go out and see what happens. Then we can really have a, a, a very good evaluation and, and really, you know, and, and really see, guys, the goal is obviously to win but it's also to make sure that the guys we have are the guys that we can win with. 
Okay. Yeah, there is a time where I will draw a line in the sand with with, with quarterback play if, it, if 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 we don't you know we don't get going. But again, you you can't constantly change it because if you do, you'll never know. You'll never find out. And at some point, you're going to have to take your lumps. You know, it's like when you were a kid back out in the day. You used to find out how tough you were. You get into a fight, and 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 if every time you 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 quit, you would never find out how tough you are. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find out if we have the right players. And if we're going to have to take some lumps, guess what? We're going to take some lumps. I guess my question for Ron would be, but how many lumps do you want to take? And if the answer is like, I don't really care because we're clearly not making the playoffs and we're just going to like, we're going to run this Heineke thing out and get him as much experience as possible because we want him to be our backup in the future. Fine. That's, that's an acceptable answer. I don't know. It's one he can say publicly, but I would love to get Ron Rivera off the record and be like, what are you doing? Because what we've seen of Heineke is consistency. It's just that he consistently has poor situational awareness and makes the kind of fatally flawed decisions that says you can't win as a quarterback in this league at the level or at at a consistent rate that's going to make the playoffs. Will he have weeks where he doesn't make those mistakes and he throws for 350 yards and runs for 70 and has three touchdowns, no picks, and you put up 35 and you win? Yeah, he's going to have those every once in a while. But more often than not, he's going to be 280 yards, pretty good completion percentage, one touchdown, one pick and a fumble, and the pick is in the red zone. Like, He's got more of those games on his resume than anything else he's got. So I asked this question to Grant on Sunday on the pregame show. Like, it's real easy if Heineke goes out and balls or he goes out and is terrible. They don't move the ball. He's all over the place with his accuracy. But what if he keeps doing what he's doing? And I'm kind of at the point where I'm ready to say this is who he is. He's a guy that is going to move the football and then make plays that prohibit that moving of the football from turning into points and thus wins. Because that's what his resume says he is so far. And if he was 22 or 24 even, I'd be a lot more willing to live with that. He's 28. He's been in the league for six years. And in some ways, it's the same thing as the kicker. What do you think you know that everybody else doesn't? He was undrafted. He was bouncing around practice squads. He should have been drafted. He should have been on rosters. I will absolutely 100% give Taylor Heineke that. He deserves better than he's had in his career. He is a borderline starter. But with this team... I'd rather have a guy who's going to more consistently make good decisions because the other thing that is a risk with Heineke right now is he's putting guys in spots to get hurt. And that's the other thing that's just, if I saw that part of the game, his game getting better, less lofted balls over the middle, less leading receivers. I mean, there's a third down in the first quarter last week where it's a swing pass to JD McKissick. And he somehow, it's the one that Rivera winds up challenging and getting the first down call on. He puts McKissick in such a bad spot there. If it's 1990s NFL, like McKissick's helmet is getting blown off. 
And still, as in 2021 NFL, he takes a pretty not fun hit. You can't do that stuff in this league. The defensive players are too fast and too powerful and too violent. And I'm not saying none of the injuries that have happened to Washington are, are Heineke's fault. But he's also been really lucky that because he, he, he's, he's strung some guys out in some bad spots. And that's the one that makes me most nervous. It's not really fun to talk about. And I don't, it's not personal. It's just, it's, it's personal for the receivers that are getting hit. And um, not that, not that he's doing it on purpose, but their bodies probably aren't having a whole lot of fun uh, being exposed like that. So there's, there's a lot of, a lot to, to suss out, but like, that's the one that above all else, the turnovers, the red zone stuff, you're like, ah, let's take some time with that. You don't want to take time with the guy who could potentially get a guy like McLaren hurt. That's that's no bueno. All right, when we get back, Sam Fortier of the Washington Post here on Overtime.